everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. Andrew Rotten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, samurai editor. Yeah, mm. samurai editor. We're cutting up, we're chopping up this podcast to give you the best product we can. Uh, later this week, we're talking about, or later this episode, actually, we're talking about Trek to Yomi. Uh, we're also going to talk about some turbo overkill and some uh, final thoughts on Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, it's taken quite a while to clean up that one. But we've got some thoughts for you later. But first, let's get into the news. Square Enix is losing quite a few of its Western studios, and it's selling it off to the big ol' Embracer Group. Because Lord knows they need more studios. Because Embracer Group is like added to like thousands of employees now under their wing. Um, so they're getting Crystal Dynamics, and they're getting Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal, which includes IPs like Tomb Raider, Thief, uh, Deus Ex, Legacy of Kane, Legacy of Kane. But the Square Enix is not losing Life is Strange, Outriders, or Just Cause. Oh, thank God! Thank God they're keeping <laughs> Outriders. <laughs> who, who has Who has Guardians of the Galaxy? Their most recent projected failure. That'd be Eidos Montreal, right? Yeah. So would that go? Yeah, the probably. Embracer's already Embracer. said that they were hoping to get working on, you know, maintaining those licenses and stuff, and keeping mm-hmm. keep those potentially another game in the franchise. The bigger question is who kept Babylon's Fall. <laughs> no one. <laughs> no one. Game Western. dev. I think there's only one person in the world interested in Babylon's Fall now. That's right. And that would be Dash. Shout mm-hmm. out to Dash. <laughs> People know who he is. The one and the only who, Babylon's the, Fall. The man who was the only person playing Babylon's Fall and just spent 450 pounds on Sims expansion yeah. content. <laughs> no, correction. He attempted to spend <laughs> 450 pounds. His, his, thank God his bank stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you have enough money. We just can't let you do this. Yeah. That's a good bank. Yeah, somebody yeah. saw that transaction come through and they're like, no, nah, I got to stop this. Yeah. Yeah. We'd so rather your bank statement say drug deal than Sims expansions. Yeah. It's the same thing. We know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from from the IP that Square or that that Embracer is getting, um, it is a it is an interesting mixed bag. Like, there's definitely some stuff in there that is, you know, it makes sense that you would get rid of it. Like when has anything happened for uh, Deus Ex? Um, and you know, what? we already know Square Enix's thoughts on uh, Square Enix's thoughts on the Marvel properties and, yeah, Marvel and how much Avengers. they sunk into those games and how much those games have. Um, not turned out around for them um but tomb raider is a very weird one especially because square enix has chosen to retain the rights to just cause life is strange and outriders like outriders i'm surprised at um Mm -hmm. definitely (laughs) that game just had new dlc uh like a big new expansion like this was you know meant to be their like taken king kind of thing um, and I have not heard anyone talking about it. Mm-mm. So can we rewind a bit? Um, yep. Deus Ex is bad? Yeah, Question uh, that, mark? That, that comment didn't make sense to me. Human yeah. Revolution <laughs> and Mankind Divided are not that old. Yeah. Well, well, how well old are even they? Tomb Raider. I mean, looking at, at the re-releases there and how successful those were. Well, so Mankind Divided is pretty... I mean, not like old, old, but like Deus Ex hasn't been around in quite a few years now like in terms of 2016 was mankind divided 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's not that old. It's just six years ago. It's not that long. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not that long, but also I don't. I don't know if would it be Eidos Montreal, right? I don't know if they've been working on any a Deus Ex anything. And I do uh, remember Mankind Divided came out to a pretty divided reception, right? Wasn't as well received as others, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, uh, if, if uh, you know, in between then Eidos was working on Shadow of the Tomb Raider then Guardians of the Galaxy. So if they could somehow return, they're, they're the natural fit for the return of the franchise if embracer wants to go back i guess to as it. as a whole i'm not i'm not dissing deus ex as a franchise i'm just saying that you know nothing has been happening with it so it, yeah. it like that at least makes a little bit of sense why they would think hmm, this is like a, a paused or dormant property that can be something yeah. that goes but they're wanting to keep around the the bastard child that is outriders like yeah. life is strange 100 percent makes sense just cause that's that's a physics engine cash cow for them. Um, I don't know. I feel like Just Cause is like it's in that weird wheelhouse where it's like I'm not sure if I would keep that necessarily. I mean, I guess. I mean, they've made that decision, right? But I mean, if they're willing to sell off Tomb Raider, yeah. like, well, I think this I, is I, a. I'm, I'm, I don't know where their bar is. Just the 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 nature of the what they've sold and just the IPs they've sold, not necessarily even just the the dev teams that are going with them is pretty indicative of Square Enix's approach to their Western development overall and how they've not properly been able to value things seemingly. Because mm-hmm. just Tomb Raider alone, as everybody talks about, like Tomb Raider, there's not a lot of um, game franchises that kind of permeate throughout most culture that everybody kind of knows. Most people, If you say Tomb Raider, a lot of people are going to know, even if they don't play games. Yeah, they're, they're going to have heard of Tomb Raider in some They're going to picture Angelina Jolie they in probably the, hit, are. the hit movie uh tomb raider and the temple of light something i don't know but sure, like, people yeah. know about it um so that, that in fact they sold all this for 300 million when what how much did uh destiny just go for destiny 2 for bungie like oh, uh, like 3 billion or something billion? obviously it's, yeah. it's different that's a games and service thing so they got revenue rolling in and stuff like that but it's kind of hard for me to believe that destiny as a franchise is more worthwhile i think, I think- Oh right, yeah, they're by, they're by currently under 10. scrutiny from the FTC as well, but With that's that. just because they it's always a, are. Yeah, it's it's just because it's a deal yeah. over a certain amount. So, so I just that find it hard to believe too. that that Tomb Raider or Bungie or Bungie itself is worth ten times more than Tomb Raider is. Um, and yeah. I think that part of that evaluation comes from that Square Enix, for some reason, doesn't think it's worth it, which is bizarre well, to me. I wonder if it's it's like. Um, cost to revenue sort of thing for them right because i imagine make like the cost of building a full tomb raider game like especially the reboots i would be willing to bet it costs more to make that than it does a life is strange game oh absolutely right so in terms of like return on investment it's probably easier for them to say like okay it's worth putting like this amount of money into a life is strange game because even though we don't make as much raw profit like we make it all yeah. up in revenue, right? I'm sure that's partly what the thing is. It's just uh, can't help but think it's been just mishandled by them. And that's if someone else is given a shot, not saying Embracer's the one who will do it. No idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they recently we we heard with this too is that what, uh, Crystal Dynamics and Eidos, they made barely a profit in the past year or year or two or something. Like per- percentages, very small amount. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of that's kind of wild to me that they have not been able to figure out how to uh, to do things properly and how, <laughs> how much the Avengers game really fucked them. Like, yeah, like this it's pretty crazy. This deal. They they put a lot of money into that, obviously. And I'm sure the Marvel license was not cheap at all, particularly Avengers. It's not like they were going yeah. after some random hero. It's like the biggest outside of Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> it had to be very expensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they even announced that game around the time, like, uh, Infinity War and Endgame was Something happening, like right? That. So, like, yeah. so, yeah, like, the Avengers were, like, the hottest thing in mm. the world probably at that moment. Oh, absolutely. And that game still flopped. Yeah. It's crazy how much that that big gamble really fucked them over. Mm-hmm. And then the I'm, flip side to all of these sellings off, or if, if you had another point on that same line of thread, uh, Scrappy, go for it. Uh, no, I mean, I'm just thinking like, it, yeah, because it tanked them this much. Like it's, it makes this deal, I guess it, it reframes just how bad Avengers yes. feels. <laughs> I think so. Especially right? with Tomb Raider getting wrapped up into it. Like, yeah. All in one. It's kind of wild. Um, but you know, the flip side of this is, you know, this is, can also be seen as Square Enix, you know, shifting off things that aren't profitable, that might look bad on their books, um, cutting the fat, becoming nice and lean, getting some good, some good money in with just cause life is strange. Um, and then, Outriders. you know, the, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to bring it up again, <laughs> yeah. um, is that apparently according to, to grub and and greg miller is that apparently this is what has been has been the hidden the secret that everyone's been whispering about that that sony may be on an acquisition spree soon and it's where the square enix probably notably to to lock down final fantasy 16 and everything happening in in that wheelhouse going forward um which then like kind of recontextualizes and and makes sense that square enix is just shrinking down to you know mostly it's japanese entity um to 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 get bought it would be nuts yeah it would be a very different acquisition that sony's done because usually they're like all right we're buying this development team essentially you this is the franchise or game that you're working on and square enix is a lot bigger than all that they have multiple teams working on all kinds of stuff so it'd be interesting to see how they would handle it because they've all they've basically always been okay you're working on your one prestige game you're working on yours and yours so they constantly are rolling them out on a schedule but they're not doing multiple things they don't they're all it's all big stuff as right. does so many they do the big things obviously final fantasy 16 is gonna be massive but they do yeah. tiny games also mm-hmm. yeah i mean if, if if that deal happens right under sony right Obviously, Final Fantasy would probably become a PlayStation exclusive. And I mean, for all intents and purposes, 7 Remake is basically a PlayStation and exclusive. Right? It has been for most of its life. Uh, and EGS. <laughs> yeah, it's on, it's on Epic yeah. Games, too. So it's also on PC, right? But like, still, That's Xbox right. has no real way of getting their hands on a high-res JPEG of cloud. Um, I mean, Xbox so had 15 at launch. It did. It's got a web browser, so, on it? Yeah, I mean, going, going through... <laughs> yeah. Going through Xbox's history with getting the short end of the stick with with Final Fantasy, starting with you know ten and twelve were PlayStation Two only. Thirteen hit everything simultaneously, and all of the thirteen mm-hmm. games were simultaneous. Yep. Um, Fourteen obviously is PlayStation only. 
15 came out at the same time. You know, it's only been recently that all of the Kingdom Hearts has been moved over to Xbox as well. Kingdom Hearts 3 was a simultaneous release, but then the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC was a month delayed on Xbox. PlayStation so it's Advantage. Kind of, yeah, the PlayStation Advantage. I hear that I hear that Spider-Man's going to be in the next uh, Kingdom Hearts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is... It does look like PlayStation. Oh, sorry, not PlayStation. That uh, that Square Enix has gone from, you know, looking for parody and then shifting away. Um, I did some looking into it earlier this week as well to look at like sales numbers and stuff, and to see things like, you know, launch weekend in the UK, it was like eighty percent of copies sold physically of Final Fantasy Fifteen were sold on PlayStation. It was like seventy five percent to eighty percent. Um, but then, you know, there's a whole bunch of other interesting factors that play in there, but it definitely, you know, for JRPGs, PlayStation is getting the lion's share. We've, we've known this, we've known this for a long time. That and the Switch. Yeah. And the Switch. Yeah. And the Switch yeah. as well. I think that's, that, that's one of the most interesting parts of this. What happens to it? Cause Square Enix puts a lot of stuff on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I were Microsoft right now, I'd be like a little frustrated, like, cause you remember it wasn't it just two, three years ago, they were making this big push, like, we will get every Final Fantasy game on Game Pass. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Uh, they've, they've done it. <laughs> they, well, they have, but then, like, Seven Remake been, it's hasn't been, been on Xbox. It's been limited, rolling. too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. Like yeah. that was definitely there. not what people were expecting. <laughs> right. And then, you know, if if this these rumors come to be become true, right, and, like, Sony does buy Square Enix, and then... Final Fantasy 16 becomes a PlayStation only game. I mean, I, I just don't know how much value there is in the like, oh, all the Final Fantasy games are going to be on Game Pass, except for like the two most recent really big ones besides Final Fantasy Origin, I guess. I guess t- technically what they said was that in 2021, all Final Fantasy will be available on Game Pass. But then there's like 12 asterisks that it's like, there will only be three of them at a time on Game Pass. They'll only be available for two months, and then they'll cycle off. Like, at the moment, all of 13 is still on, mm. but, like, 10 and 12 have, I believe, cycled off by now. Um, gotcha. So, it's like, what they what they said was not incorrect, but it's it's certainly not what they were pitching. Yeah. Um, mm. They were very, very technical with their wording. It's just not enough time to catch up on the story before the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and- but we've also got to think, you know, going going forward, starting 2023, you know, well, 2023 or 2024, you know, all of the Activision titles we're expecting will be game like Xbox exclusive first party titles with the Activiz. Um Yeah, all their games so- are poop though, so who cares? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I wonder if it, if it becomes like a, a cold war of you give us Final Fantasy and we'll give you COD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe the kids can spend the, the weekend at dad's house, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the idea of who's, who's Russia and who's the U.S. in that. I mean, who's USSR, I should say. I don't know. And I, I think in this current geopolitical climate. climate i'm not willing to say anything <laughs> further <laughs> no, no. 
That's yeah. a loaded question. Someone asked me the question, I'd give you an answer, but all right. <laughs> Nobody asked him the question. Nope. <laughs> not uh, not taking that bait. Yeah, I, yeah think, I think that especially with with E3 coming up. Sorry, not E3. With E3. The, with the, the period E3. of the year formerly known as E3. That's right. Uh, or previously known Summer as, Games uh, as Fest. E3. Yeah. Um I reckon I reckon we'll probably see some more big talks of acquisitions there. I would not be surprised if we saw sure. Square Enix up on Sony Sony's stage yeah. for one reason or another. I know just to briefly mm-hmm. mention that supposedly the whatever was it, the producer, the director, or whatever said that Final Fantasy sixteen is basically done and a trailer will be coming soon. Yeah, yeah so they tweeted that over. like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. I would I would be kind of wild if they're like guess what here's this new final fantasy 16 release date and also we fucking own square enix now final fantasy 16 is a ps5 exclusive watch them they do all that and then they say final fantasy 16 comes out november 11 dude fuck that (laughs) oh god look i'm already taking time off for starfield so that i can help with the guides that will kill me that will kill me that'd be crazy but I, but I will say, one of them is going to be a seventy dollars game, and one of them will be free on Game Pass. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Fair wasn't point. saying it to like I wasn't like arguing for a side. I'm just saying that's what they're going to do. I hope not. Oh my god, that'd be wild. I would well, actually, I would love to see that. That would be a Cold War. <laughs> that would be I mean, pretty would, great. What if you're interested scary, in doing though. gods for either of those, please let me know. Um, <laughs> Like, I mean, if you think about it, too, like, so if, if Final Fantasy 16 does come out this year, does that also yeah, mean that th- it, uh, maybe, right? Because, I mean, yeah. we're just guessing, spitballing. We're looking at a holiday season of, I, I'm just saying this because I want to see oh Rudd's blood God. pressure go up. Ragnarok, mm-hmm. <laughs> Starfield, <laughs> and Final Fantasy 16, possibly within a span of a couple weeks. Right? Also, Stalker, potentially, but that Probably hasn't not. been announced as delayed. If that comes yeah. out... Uh, as expected, uh, yeah, that'll kill. That I'll cry. Um, <laughs> we also have Dark Tide in September. For Spokens in October. 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 And there's another one that I'm. I I've just closed uh, the 2020. I mean, it's two it's list, okay, but... guys. By by then the the 2022 game of the year will already be out. Digimon Survive. I know it. Right. You know it. We can all just right. we can. You we, know, the I year's mean, over. You know that it there's, it's going to be delayed between now and then, probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's only a month left. Really it's supposed not. to come out in June, I thought. July. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is it July? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm but pulling up the 2022 Before we move on from the Embracer stuff, myself. one thing I did want to say was it gives us. Uh, there's some old IPs that are like pretty classic, like legacy stuff, like Deus Ex. I know it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've had a game, but like those IPs go back a while where those are classic games. Um, so it'd be interesting to see more stuff in that. I know people would love to see some development team take up Legacy of Kane somewhere and see more of that. Yeah. Same with Thief. I mean, the last Thief we saw was, well, people didn't really like it all that much. But yeah, well, because I mean, that well Thief came out franchise. in the shadow. It was like in the shadow of Dishonored too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So it, uh, so I mean, they've they've they now own some interesting. The amount of IPs they own is fucking wild. But mm-hmm. now that they own all these. Because, yeah, now Embracer is the company of, like, Borderlands. Yep. It's the company mm-hmm. of Borderlands, Thief. Tomb Raider. Yeah, Can you imagine if uh, IO was still a part of Square Enix, the Hitman franchise, too? Oh, Embr- man. Embracer yeah. would own them. <laughs> yeah. They would. <laughs> yeah. Embracer, I still think Embracer 300 own... mil is too low. Yeah. That's yeah. For, those, like, for those IPs alone, like, I feel like Tomb Raider on its own is worth 300 Ooh. mil. 
Probably. Well, I, th- I think what it was is Tomb Raider on its own was worth, was worth like 500 mil, but they had to, it was like a package deal. They had to take Marvel's Avengers with it. Ah. So they're like, okay, so that's like a 200 mil <laughs> discount. You know, we'll negotiate down for that. We'll take it Weirdly off your hands, enough, you know. The Tomb Raider IP also comes with it, a movie franchise. Well, I think yeah. uh, when I was reading stuff that a different company owns the film rights. Oh, never mind. I retract my statement. I could be Not wrong. That the movies are doing particularly well either. No. Um, uh, I think someone else owns the rights to the films. But it's still just like a potential. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's still attached to if they wanted to do something. Everybody's they're into reboots and stuff. You think they could convince Angelina Jolie to reprise an old Laura Croft? I mean, she just did a Marvel movie. Yeah. I don't see why not. Harrison yeah. Ford's almost fucking 80, and he's doing Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> In the video it's games, too. It, yeah. They're going to do this Indiana Jones, and then they're going to posthumously revive him for the next one, Indiana Bones. Nice. Well, as long as he gets nowhere near a point, Isn't that the Mario he's reprising plot? his role. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our next big story of the day, because we just got two really big stories that are related to acquisitions, but also are. pretty shitty stuff. Yeah, when did covering the games industry stop being about games and more being about litigation and business acquisitions? What's up with that? <laughs> it's always been that, <laughs> seems like. Um, so as as many of you probably have heard, you know, $70 billion ago, uh, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, or they're in the process of In the process, yes. FTC has um, to allow it. They have to allow it, but the shareholders did vote last week that, yeah, we'll let this happen. Uh, but the New York City Employees Retirement System is coming in to say, hey, hold on a minute. We don't think very bad person Bobby Kotick is fit enough to negotiate the sale of the company. Specifically that they're alleging that essentially Kotick had reason to want to, how to put this in legal terms, get the fuck out real fast, (laughs) real quick at any cost. (laughs) So he negotiated a deal. It's basically like his motivation for success would not have aligned with the company's motivation for success. Like he would have taken the, shittiest deal he could just to get out essentially Can't, i cannot think of any reason why he would want to jump ship nothing yeah mm-hmm. nope. uh, the all of the sexual harassment that he was 100 percent aware of yeah <laughs> and maybe that likely participated threats in, allegedly well not just allegedly they admitted that he did the one <laughs> Oh, that's true. Uh, about, yeah. his, about his uh, assistant Con- confirmed. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago, but like, he's apologized. Like, you're just admitting to. All right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so absolute shit show. Right, and, and so where this is coming from is because you know it, the the employee fund is a lot of like money tied up in this, and so they're thinking like on their end, they aren't getting as good of a deal because Activision Blizzard isn't getting as good as a deal because one man at the top just wants out and it's the one man who negotiated it without really bringing in the board like the board was pretty hands-off with it and Kodak is like pretty quickly just almost impulsively you could argue which i mean it it is surprising that the board wasn't involved that's usually when when you're talking acquisition i mean look at twitter for example right now the board is very (laughs) involved um, and I think there's a shareholder vote for them coming up too. In terms of, I think they want to reject Musk's bid, so that'll be that'll be a fun week. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that the board wasn't involved at all is throws up red flags. 
um, because they have a vested interest in ensuring the best for the company. So what dirt does Bobby have on them? Wasn't it, it was just last week that the shareholders approved the vote, like the, the merge as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. uh, you know, they're they're in whatever percentage of the of the board that said nah, no way, and now after the vote not going their way, they're they're pursuing legal action. Uh, yeah, a press release states that more than ninety eight percent of Activision Blizzard's shareholders have voted. At this time, it appears that it went well. So ninety eight percent voted. We've got no idea of. <laughs> Aside from Kodak saying that it was an overwhelmingly supportive vote, yeah, um, we don't really know what the situation is there. Uh, and the thing with this lawsuit, it's not like they're going to be able to stop it. Yeah, this is—it's a fishing expedition for them. They want the documentation leading up to and surrounding the acquisition and the and the negotiations between Microsoft and codec and all of his stuff so they want to get information that maybe something from that they could then act upon but it definitely seems to be a a uh, an attempt just to get something more so mm. yeah and i mean it's understandable right because i feel like if you like before all of the all these allegations came out against Actabliz, like if you're a you're someone who has stake in this, right? Like you, you bought Activision Blizzard stocks because, hey, they release Call of Duty every year. It seems like a pretty safe bet, right? Like, and now <laughs> all of this is happening, and you can clearly see that the people at the top are just like looking after themselves more than the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Ryan was on I, the wall real early on with that. Like when the first stuff came out, and the board's like, "We stand behind him," and it's like, uh, "What?" Like <laughs> almost every other company, would be like, "Oh, let's get this obvious lightning rod and just kick him out, and then all the, we're we're golden." You know, we look good in public sight again. Uh, right, we got rid of the bad man, but they've stood behind him the whole way. Yeah, and I mean, and then you look further, and it's like you know, we had that other story. What was that last week? Where, um, Activision Blizzard was trying to tell, like, the shareholders were trying to say, "Hey, so New York State." wants us to like issue a yearly report about harassment and abuse issues and we want to say no yeah which is like okay so you're clearly hiding so you want to hide it something is, but i guess so if we're gonna if we want to give them a a whole a big heaping like benefit of the doubt yeah like if, if i'm someone that's sole interest is i want to keep the share price up the idea of being like hey let's have this report that we're not gonna like there's, we don't know how it will then be taken publicly that could affect the stock price negatively very easily and have a commit to something that could be that volatile to our price. Yeah, it's like, while, I don't want that. While the, <laughs> while the public perception of the rejecting the harassment report is definitely a negative, um, there's there's nothing aside from Actabliss being able to say, look, we did a good job this year, guys. Um uh-huh. There's only negatives for them, even yeah. if it even if it comes out and is good, that won't do anything. If it comes out and bat and is bad, that's gonna tank. So I could definitely right. see the logic of saying, "Hey, we don't want this as." But it does come across sketchy as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not defending it at all. I'm trying to just From a explain business the sense, rationale. It makes sense. <laughs> it does yeah. not change that you're bad people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, especially because it's after all these allegations come out, right? Like, if, if there were no allegations and just for some reason the New York State wanted them to release a yearly report about harassment, it'd be like, I could see both sides of the argument a little more, right, in terms of just like the optics of it all. But now where it's like you have these allegations, they're clearly like, even if most of them are proven false, all of the ways that the company and the people at the top have been reacting is like, they're hiding something, obviously, right? Yep. And not wanting to do this report is just further furthering along that like they're just hiding stuff. And it just doesn't look good. And it's clearly like, as a consumer, I could totally understand the argument. You're like, I want to vote with my wallet. And that means I'm not buying Call of Duty this year or I'm not buying... What else does Activision Blizzard do? This is like wow. I'm not. I'm not continuing my watch. Uh, I've, I've got the solution. I've got the solution. If we want to have the stock raise, have everyone on the board be happy, just release another new Spyro game. That's it. That'll make the That's world it. a happier place. Uh, you know, well-known first-party Xbox mascot Spyro, Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's Dragonfly Sparks. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. played by Wayne Brady. <laughs> and they'll bring in Elijah Wood, too. Yeah. Just, just get we'll the whole finally gang get back that Spyro movie. Can't believe we're not Everything talking. else is getting TV shows and movies. We're not mm-hmm. talking Candy Crush, man. The real. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, King. King. That's yeah. huge. The real hero of the <laughs> I company. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're easily for, to forget, but they're also like, they. I would bet money they make the most of any oh, 100%. of the companies. Yeah. They, they make the most money for them. No question. Yo, yeah. Candy Crush coming to Game Pass. Yo, when's that Call of Duty X Candy Crush promo going to happen? Play some Maybe Candy Crush in has game. Happened. Has it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't pay enough attention to Call of Duty to know. I mean, didn't, <laughs> yeah, they just, same. didn't they just have like Godzilla and Attack on Titan? They're getting weird. They're yeah. getting Fortnite level with their with their crossovers. Well, yeah, because they're realizing, hey, it's working. <laughs> Fortnite's yeah. still popular. <laughs> Not to say, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Call of Duty is still like the best selling game or close to it every year, just about. So, well, yeah, but you don't have to buy Fortnite every year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, so like, they don't need to borrow too much Fortnite because obviously whatever they're doing is still working. Warzone is still very popular. Yeah. What do we What do we think the the first uh, the first crossover will be once? the acquisition goes through will it be that you can get a uh, get a needler from halo or that you'll be able to get kazooie's butt <laughs> i hope kazooie's butt or skins <laughs> where you look like banjo and or kazooie that would be good every, every time you fire the, you fire the gun it's just uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. yeah but i don't know it's i feel like every time we see Activision Blizzard in the headlines nowadays, it just gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's and I mean, even really stuff that getting... seems positive, like we have it linked to, to in here that they hired uh, their VP of culture who's mm-hmm. going to strategize around making an inclusive and diverse workplace, et cetera, et cetera. Like, just because of all the news, it's hard to not look at that and just be like extremely skeptical, skeptical and cynical about it. Like, uh huh, I'm sure they're going to do so much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's just and, they have a lot of work to do to gain back any kind of public trust of anything that they do. And the tough thing about it, too, is you you look at this news through the lens of everything they've done. So it's like they're only doing this because that's right. Of all they're the just heat, trying to win of, back yeah. our favor. Right. Yeah, man. But it's just what else? They also I had mean, the, the Overwatch 2 stuff. 
that oh, they yeah. went from being having their best day ever that happened to coincide with when they were giving out beta keys for Overwatch Weird. 2 and you need to watch four hours worth of Overwatch 2 streaming to get a beta key. Oh my God. And then a week later, they lost 99% of their viewership on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, then people like got their Overwatch 2 beta key and then they start playing the game. They're like, hey, I'm playing. I thought I was playing a new game. I saw a tweet earlier that it was like, here's the difference between these maps in Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2, and it was One blue second. maps are now orange and orange maps are now blue. Yeah. Day, yeah, day night type night. maps are day, yeah. yeah. That's, that is legitimately one of the differences. <laughs> yeah, I guess weird. I guess we should also just, you know, when we when we pick news stories, um, you know, we take a look at what we've covered on Tech Raptor and with our current coverage ban on um, Active Blizzard content uh, with exclusion to things related to, to awareness of the perception of the company, such as acquisitions and and lawsuits and processes in that you know it's definitely us as as you know we read our own site obviously us as tech raptor readers as we're like looking at information um we also don't really have much of the other the other news the other happenings that are going on (laughs) yeah like because i mean we wouldn't cover like oh man they just announced the new call of duty because like who gives a shit about that now right (laughs) Yeah, the company still needs to redeem itself. Um, mm. And it looks like they're still a fair way away from that. Yeah, it's but I tell there's a lot of loud, vocal, big group of employees actively working there that have said there is a noticeable and significant change within the company. I don't see us re- re- leaving the band anytime soon. <laughs> so, Especially after all this good news that's that we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, let's shift gears here. Let's talk about some of the better happenings going on. Uh, Otten, you've, you've been slaving away at a Sony exclusive. I did it. Finally, I beat horizon forbidden West. I completed it. And now I said beforehand, I had some big news in relation to that. Mm -hmm. Very big news. Now, just for the listeners out there, is this big news going to spoil the story or anything like that? Or no. Okay. So, I was getting at the end of it, and I get a I get one of them stupid fucking trophies that I don't give a shit about. Correct. But then I clicked the thing to like bring up the menu or whatever where it tells you about it, mm. and I saw I only needed three more to complete the whole thing. And so I looked at what those included, and they didn't include that much more work for me to do. So it, against everything I believe. I went and got the platinum trophy for it. <gasps> Hell you did yeah. it. Wow. Did. Is this your first platinum? Welcome to the dark side. It wow. is, and first I felt plat- bad. Immediately after doing it, I was like, I, f- I hate it. Why did I do this? <laughs> this is a waste <laughs> of my time. I do yes, not. Yes, come to the collector side. He loved it. I did not. I spent, you know what else I really hated after I saw it? Like 10% of people got it. And I'm like, so this is fucking the like, weakest one. <laughs> Lame. Anyway, only reason I did it. I shit talk achievements all the time, so now it's like whatever. Now, now you guys can bring this up whenever I start shit talking achievements. Well, you had Jared, to get a taste of it to see. Yeah, just to you know, just, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like the dog that gets a a, a wedge of lemon. And it's like, what the fuck? And then just it's it's the enemy now. I know for certain mm-hmm. that I hate that mm-hmm. thing. And then exactly. to die. Yeah, um, you can speak from experience, not just exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Now I you know. 
the fucking passionate vitriol here is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're they're, they're so, awful. Hate them. They're so doomed. <laughs> so platinum are, aside, did you enjoy your four hundred hours in the Forbidden West? I think it was seventy something hours at the end of it. Um, so I was thinking, it's one. It's way too big of a game. Like, oh my god, there's so many things in there. Um, I was thinking more about like in terms of that when I originally talked about it months ago. Uh, and even before it came out that I was like that whole open world fatigue definitely there um, there needs to be shakeups to the old formula of how we've how so many AAA games are set up with this open world stuff um, but then I, I was thinking more about it. like this is a very good example of that done really well except except there's just a lot of it so unless that whatever I'm doing is super good doing it 30 more times isn't all that great you know by by truck number 20 or something mm-hmm. um that's kind of like what i had a problem with ghost of tsushima there's i liked the game quite a bit it's like yeah, i don't need 70 fucking foxes or something i don't remember how many <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um no i thought it's definitely a big improvement on the other game i hate that it, it's getting totally overshadowed by other stuff like elden ring just totally overshadowing it uh, this time it's Forbidden West <laughs> is a great game, and I think that people sleep on the gameplay quite a bit, especially if if you are looking for something that is a lot more nuanced and actually takes a lot of thought and care and planning to do well. Like if you've played on a harder difficulty, you will get your shit rocked, and mm. you have a ton of tools. That's what's what's wild to me is immediately when I first started playing the game, they just give you so much, so many, so many different weapons and tools that you can use. And it just gets bigger and bigger the more you play. Like you could do, you could play so many different ways that have different strategies that are viable or more effective versus a machine or another. Um, and it's actually extremely engaging. If you're willing to get into the systems and actually use them as they're designed to, it's, it's really neat how much is in there. Um, and it is extremely hard game if you're playing it on the hardest difficulty. Uh, those higher level machines will kick your ass mm. for sure. Um, but I, I like Would it. you call it the Dark Souls of Horizon Forbidden West? So far, <laughs> yes. If the, if I had to pick between the two, this is definitely the Dark souls year one. Um, story-wise, I was kind of like, hmm... I think one of the more compelling things about the original game is that it's so much discovery of the world, how it used to be, and how we got to where we are uh, at that point, why Earth is what it is, where the machines came mm-hmm. from, who Aloy is as a person, like how does she grow and what is her overall uh, you know, part in the story. I think that was a lot more interesting than what happens in Forbidden West. Because in Forbidden West, I was start, I was thinking after I was done, I was like, man, Aloy's character doesn't really change. Like how we, where she ends up in Zero Dawn and where she ends up in Forbidden West, she's kind of the same person. We don't see any, any growth with her because she's kind of established as I'm just the good hero person who's going to go save the day thing. Um, towards the end, I guess it was like, oh, you need to learn to like, work with other people better or delegate and like we need to come together with all these communities as one and i'm like i guess that's a little something she learned <laughs> i guess she learned the power was, uh, of friendship that yeah. was a little bit of my it's disappointment a, it's a after school special 
is that I really liked what they did with her character and developing her in the first game. So I was really looking forward to what they did in this because I think Aloy is an excellent, excellent character in a for, in AAA games. But not that it's bad. It's just like man, we got more of Aloy, but I didn't really. There wasn't a lot of character stuff for her to to deal with, it's particularly with mm. a lot of what's happening in the plot. It feels like there was opportunities there. I don't want to get too much into it, but um, that was a little bit of a letdown. And then the they definitely at the end give you the hook for the sequel. <laughs> Mm. Uh, and it's fucking wild. I'm definitely down for it. Well, Horizon it'll probably get wild. Yeah. It'll probably get DLC <laughs> as well because I know that the first one had that quite expansive. They had the one, yeah. I, I don't frozen. know what they would do with this one, um, but I'd be down for it mm. uh, for sure. Uh, just the, <laughs> I wish I could talk spoilers about like the ending of it, but like the ending of it is pretty neat, and the setup for the next one is mm. all right. But. Maybe we can we can talk a little bit about what the rest of us have been playing, and then we can circle back and do a "if you don't want spoilers, leave here" kind of thing. Yeah. Well, one thing I did want to ask you about is I remember when we were initially talking about this game, yeah. uh, we were kind of musing about the side quest quality and like, oh, that's okay, right. Is it it's, is it maybe a little better? Like, is it still worth doing these side quests, or is there a point where you're just um, kind of like, I'm done. I'm just going to focus on the main story. I mean, further in you get the the side quest. You get there's a, there's definitely so like they they break them up. There's there's quests and then they, what the errands. Errands are usually like go get me that fucking thing. All right, thanks, buddy, for getting me mm. that thing. Uh, side quests are usually more involved, and they they were generally pretty good. I think I wouldn't say they're amazing. I think um, the Tanakh are the big part of it, the different tribes and how they interact. So a lot of quests are from them and you learn why they are the way they are or something more about their culture because of it. Uh, so yeah, I'd say they're generally pretty good and they're worth doing. Okay. It, I, way better than the first game. First game, fucking don't bother. They're all all awful. <laughs> almost it, almost all of them. Not awful. I mean, they're just, they're, they're, bo- they're just time fillers. They're very like boilerplate. Right. Yeah, they're just go here, fetch thing, return. By far the worst part of the first game. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm glad to hear that they like step that up then, because I think they're definitely yeah. better. And I think that the the collectible stuff around the world's more interesting too. Like one of them is are black boxes of various crashed planes around the world, and you hear the last minute or you know or so of whatever that's being recorded, and it, I think it does an interesting. <laughs> Uh, world building stuff for what? Just exactly a whole bunch happened. of screaming and then a loud crash. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, several of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was just an interesting one to to find because it was. I don't know. It was always neat to just see them how they integrated these crash planes into the environment too. That's mm. the one. Th- oh, I don't want. I definitely want to say this. It's absurdly beautiful that game. Oh, yeah. Still, they've been like seventy hours into it. I'd go into a place. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like. This is wild. This is what games are like now. And this wasn't even, it's made for PS4 and PS5. What's one that's just total next gen? We don't give a fuck about previous gen stuff. We want to just go all in on. I mean, if you're interested that. in that, you can check out Godfall. <laughs> well, that's on <laughs> PS4 and stuff now, you bastard. Now, that's, yeah. But that's back on then. Xbox One now. Yeah. That I was a game I that something. we got a press release for before it was announced at Gamescom. No, not Gamescom, at, um, at, at Video Game yeah. Awards. 
Oh, and they right. were absolutely highlighting that it was built for the PS5, could only run on the PS5. Mm-hmm. And now it's on the fucking Xbox yeah. One. So I want something it's that that's baffling. Not even possible on a previous gen console. That I can't. I don't. I want to know what that looks like. And the fact yeah. that this is open world and looks and has so much cool shit in it at once is. It Were there any me. noticeable loading areas or like hallways? Um. I would be spoiling I, at some point. Okay, I'll whatever. At some point, you can fly. Mm-hmm. Um, that but there was definitely popping stuff then. Okay, but that I get with just how when you're on the ground, like running, it is incredibly densely detailed. So it's so, so it's on par with like Pokemon Legends Arceus with no, like flying off. Popping. Fuck <laughs> off! No, not even close. <laughs> So, so we're saying that Pokemon Legends Arceus is a better game than Horizon Forbidden West. Oh no, I'm saying God. that they both have will... pop-ins, so they're both equally uh-huh. on par with one another in terms <laughs> yeah. of looks. Yep. Checks out. <laughs> well, yeah, so what what point can Aloy start catching the monster, the, the robots, in the little Pokeballs? Oh, right away. Oh, not in Pokeballs. <laughs> well, you, can over, you can override them immediately. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? And then ride you them. catch yeah, them right yeah. away. So it's just like the legendary Forbidden Pokemon. West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a game I do want to get back to because you know now that you know I've been done with Elden Ring, I've been playing like smaller games because I just I, I don't want anything really really big right now. But I feel like the next time uh-huh. I do, I want to go back to the Forbidden West and explore Good. that. Uh, again. Yeah, I I definitely like as much as the bloat and stuff got just big the environments and just hanging out in them. It was just. I I very much am into the visualness of uh you know the visuals of a game and how they the artistic approach to it and stuff like that. So I'm just fine like <laughs> walking through a world sometimes if I like it enough. Mm. Uh like like that I you know how many often I got on a mountain that game? Uh zero. I run nice. everywhere. Wow. I don't know. I'm just like soaking it in. Yeah. Just just take it all in. Yep. Stretch, you played what does that say? Does it say Ghost of Tsushima but side scrolling? <laughs> oh no, Trek to Yomi. You played Trek to Yomi. Trek to Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I got out my inner samurai and took a trek to Yomi. Um, Yo, your Jesus a- story is getting wild now. You were Jesus <laughs> one week, and now you're a samurai. You didn't, I don't remember uh, this from the Bible. Sorry, that's the new new King James edition. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read where, it. Where uh, where Jesus says while you were all uh, while you were all eating unleavened bread, I practiced the blade. Right. This is in the deluxe testament. <laughs> Mall ninja Jesus. <laughs> uh, I think that you will find that I am the winner. Oh man. Um, no, I've been I've been digging it. It's it's really interesting. It is such a um it is so stylized after um old fashioned samurai films, it almost hurts at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly did turn off the film grain just because, you know, between the complete black and white color palette, I sometimes had issues telling, uh, like telling depth. Mm. Uh, but it's a really neat game. The The movement, it's very linear. Um, it's interesting to, 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 you can tell when a samurai is about to show up because suddenly you start going from like having 3D movement to walking on a single plane. Um, mm. In that way, it almost kind of reminds me of those like weird horde modes in like Tekken 4 where oh, it would very yeah. much be that you like you have your opponent and that's who you will face. 
Um, and every everyone's super easy to cut down. Uh, I've been playing on the medium difficulty, but haven't really been having any trouble. Um, I know that the parry import uh, the the parry system is going to be important at the moment. I don't think I've been able to successfully complete a parry, and that includes during the tutorial. Um, I'm oh. just not sure if like I'm not getting the timing right, or whether I am getting the parry correct, and I'm just not like it's just not doing anything flashy or like video gamey to be like, haha. You completed the parry. Mm. Um, you know, can, can I ask? Um, I know yeah. this is very inspired by like Akira Kurosawa films, right? Like oh, yeah. Super duper samurai. In terms of the game itself, like, is it more gameplay and it looks like a film, or are there like cutscenes and moments where it's like building the tension? There have definitely been some like cutscenes building the tension. I mean, to to talk about just the chapter one, you know, it starts with you training and your village gets attacked, and so your sensei goes off um and you know you're told to stay behind but then the daughter of the sensei tells you that you should go and protect the village too and then there's like you know you you kill some people along the way and then there's like a showdown between the the your sensei and the big bad Mm -hmm. um and they even do like the the flash step like whooshing as they pass each other one completely falls and then the other one looks okay for a little bit and then drops classic um, yeah and it's it the cutscenes are just so like you you could almost predict what is going to happen next but it's just fun to see how faithful they are um mm. but like between those points getting ambushed left right center um people coming in from front people coming in from behind um you just you have such you have like eight health to start with and then the stamina gauge is very important you can swing your sword like four times at the beginning and you'll be out of stamina um so it's really about about management and backstepping and parrying and stuff i'm sure like as more enemies get introduced and like i know that i read our review i know that it gets to like fighting ghosts and stuff um Mm. so that i'm sure will will add some some new tension and stuff but for the most part even on medium difficulty it's just been like playing through a samurai film Uh, but i've been digging it it's a it's a neat little like passion project. You can tell how much love there is for um, for samurai flicks. That's mm. pretty rad. And you've been playing it on it's on Game Pass, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It came out on Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also out on like all the other platforms. Oh right? yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's on like most things, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I am I am resident Game Pass shill, and so when a new game pops up. Yeah, well, I, I played Bug Snacks last week. Guess what? Just hit Game Pass. <laughs> Was it Bug Snacks? Surprisingly, yes. That's pretty awesome. Um, I've been playing Turbo Overkill. Uh, that came out in early access at the end of April, and it's a boomer shooter. Is the best way to describe it, right? It feels very quake. You're, you move fucking fast. You ask for um, a lot of managers. You do, yes. Um, but it's. I think the the thing that makes it stand out to me because when I played it like uh, I played it like at PAXs that I've been to, uh, your right leg is a chainsaw, or it can turn into a chainsaw. So it's um, Planet Terror. I am. Sold. I guess so, right? <laughs> yeah, and and but in gameplay mechanics, you you can like do a slide, right? Like that's pretty common in shooters. But your slide is like, y- you fucking go. It's your it's your sprint. And when you already move really fast, 
you know, your slide, you can just keep on going and you just kick your leg out and turn it into a chainsaw and buzz through enemies. <laughs> That's so rad. And it's what makes it better too is there's a momentum system like Apex Legends. So if you're going downhill, you go faster. And there are arenas <laughs> that just look like skate parks. Like straight up, there are skateboards around. You can't ride them, but so you can like go down half pipes <laughs> with your chainsaw leg and just destroy people. And that's before you even shoot a gun. That Amazing. that sounds like the perfect evolution of like the speed and momentum of games like Quake. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was partially, at least partially inspired by that. Like, oh, there's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, a boomer I mean, shooter. They yeah, are... for sure. Like, <laughs> it's I think one of those things that's like, it's a perfect example of like why, <laughs> what sets games apart a lot of times and what people, draws people to games. Not everybody's going to be down for this kind of game, mm-hmm. but there's a definite humongous overlap with people that even if you're not going to play it you're like that sounds fucking cool like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's nice. a, a thing that's like all right this, that's why I'm, i remember why i like games now <laughs> like <laughs> like it's just one of those shit. video game ass video yeah well, games, it's like right? everybody even if nobody played doom like when doom 2016 came out it's like that's fucking rad like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's pretty great yeah uh, the game is just like dripping with style. It's very like it's it's super cyberpunk blade, like clearly Blade Runner. Like there's you know the the big di- giant dancing hologram girl in the backgrounds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, your weapons are they they fulfill most of your typical archetypes you would think of, but everything's alt fire is pretty neat. Like so your your basic pistols is dual pistols, but your alt fire if you hold down right click is you start twirling the one in your left hand while your right hand charges up a big blast and you can just lock on to five enemies and immediately nuke them. <laughs> and it makes no sense. I can't explain to you why it happens, but it just does. And it feels you know, fucking cool. We, it doesn't need to be explained. Exactly. Yeah. The rule of cool, man. That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. Your minigun turns into a flamethrower, because why not, right? Like, it, it's just sure. dumb stuff. It's very I dumb, mean, I, but in a I cool way. I bet if the flamethrower wasn't the mini game alt fire, then there would just be a flamethrower in the game regardless. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it's great. just rule of cool, very fun, very rad. It's it is hard though. Like I'm I've been playing on the medium difficulty. I, I guess I don't play like that many boomer shooters, so like maybe I'm just bad at these kind of games, but it's like it's one of those or if you stop moving, you die pretty much instantly. Mm. So yeah. But turbo overkill. It's pretty cool. Pretty it's all yeah, only early access right now on Steam, but and we have more um, in our preview too because uh, Austin played it and he mm-hmm. liked it so much. He said he'd give it a ten right now if he could. Yeah. So, not that we can yet because we don't we don't score early. We don't access. score early yeah. access games, so it's not scored. Right. But and he may just be wrong as well. We don't maybe. know. That's maybe also true. maybe he's an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the game sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and so there is a there is a story to it, or is it just a story that is a mechanism for putting you in weird scenarios? I that's how it feels. The second one for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, not that the story is like bad, but it's it just I feel so far that it's very like okay, like you know, there's a big bad evil virus that's taking over. Like a, it's you know, it's a cyberpunk future world, so everything is like half android, half whatever, and this right, virus yeah. wants to take over everything because it's the final evolution, and humanity isn't evolving anymore. Um, so you're just there to like destroy the the virus in ways that you can destroy it. Yeah. Um, 
not groundbreaking by any means, but it's it's a good reason to buzzsaw through enemies with your legs. So I'll one take more. it. Yeah. When in what run. more do you need? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Turbo Overkill. And I think that's our show for the week. Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk spoilers for Horizon or do you want to maybe well, save I that for another you week? Guys, if you guys want to talk about it. I have not played it, it yet because I don't own a PS5 because I just haven't bought one yet. It's on PS4 oh, though. It's oh yeah, the it's PS4 true. advantage. It's on PS4. Oh, yeah, it is on PS4. <laughs> I didn't even know. No. Okay, so here, here's what Tells we'll do. Tells you how much I pay attention to the Sony ecosystem, and we'll, I barely we'll talk pay attention to the Xbox. Yeah, ecosystem. we know you like shit games. So <laughs> yeah, no, I like, like PC games. And he likes Elex. You guys are such uh. haters. <laughs> like, I mean, it could be worse. It could be Dynasty Warriors Four. Yeah, that's true. true. That's, hey, rolls off my back because I know the truth. <laughs> uh, how about what if we talk spoilers another week? That gives, I mean, right? If you want some time to play the game, he'll never play. I'll it. probably pick it yeah, up soon. Rut, we know you have nothing else going on in your week, so just no, go ahead and play no. seventy-two hours um, of next Horizon week, Forbidden yeah. West for PlayStation Four before next week, and we can chat then. That's right. Well, and yes. I still need to beat. Uh, Zero Dawn on whatever the hardest difficulty is, because that's my last achievement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Boom. So we'll give you 150 hours to get through all the Horizon stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that'll do it for our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you were listening on, or let us know in the comments below on YouTube or on our site. How do you feel about uh, Embracer buying all of, all of these? I mean, really, all of these studios, but specifically the Western ones from uh, Square Enix. Are you excited to see a new Tomb Raider under the Embracer banner? Are you excited to see Square Enix focusing more on their their uh, Japanese studios? <laughs> Let us know what you think in the comments below. Um, if you want more content from us, uh, we're always publishing news, reviews, and features every day of the week. And if you want more of this show, this podcast will be back in your feed next Monday. We'll see you then. Thank you.